listening to Bonus Points, the official podcast of Mr. Astle's theology class. Join us as we put out into the deep and explore the world of theology and beyond. Today, we're talking about the saints, who they are, and why you should care about them. Let's begin. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Bonus Points. Today, we're going to start a new series on the saints. I'm very excited for this because I love the saints and there's so, so much we could talk about. So I think for this first episode, we'll talk about what a saint is, um, how we interact with them. You know, do we worship them? Do we not? Spoiler alert, we don't. We'll talk about how devotion to the saints has developed over time throughout church history. And finally, we'll end with how we should get started. You know, if, if you want to increase your devotion to the saints, where do you go with that? Like any other series I've done, like the Star Wars and Spirituality series or Question and Astle, I'm not necessarily going to be releasing these episodes continuously. Um, I'll do this one and then I might, you know, jump to a different topic for a few episodes and then come back and then, you know, it, it's not going to be every single episode for the next however many episodes. So just to give you uh, a hint about what some of the episodes in this series will look like, we're going to talk about relics. We're going to talk about what they are. Um, it's kind of a weird thing, uh, especially if somebody is not familiar with them. We're going to talk about where they come from, like how do you make a relic. Um, we'll talk about some different saints, uh, some some weird patron saints, some lesser known saints. All in all, I think we're going to get... Um, we're going to have a lot of good discussions about the saints because, like I said, there's so much we could say. But in any case, let's begin by talking about what is a saint. So when when I use the word or when a Catholic uses the word saint, what are we talking about? Well, you can actually use the word in a bunch of different ways. In the broadest sense, a saint just refers to a member of the body of Christ. And that's why when we read the New Testament, we can find in St. Paul's letters, he talks about writing to the saints in a particular church. That's just his way of referring to the Christians in that town. Nowadays, we, when we use the term saint, we typically use it in a little bit of a narrower sense, and that is somebody who's in heaven. So we talk about the three parts of the church. Um, and if you've taken my church course, this should sound very, very familiar. Uh, we say that here on earth, we're part of the church militant because we're fighting a good fight. Um, we talk about the souls in purgatory as the church suffering or the church penitent. And we also talk about the saints in heaven as the church triumphant. So in a little bit of a broader use of the, or a, more, a narrower use of the word, rather, we talk about a saint as somebody who's in heaven. Now of that group, there are those who have been officially recognized by the church as being in heaven. That's what we call canonization. Those are the people who have saint in front of their name or, or ST in front of their name. Those are people who have been investigated by the church and the church can say with confidence, we know that that person is in heaven. Of course, that means that there are billions and billions of saints who are not canonized. There are people that I've known who I would say they lived a life of heroic virtue. They've never been investigated by the church, and many of them probably never will be, but they are just as much of saints. They're just as much of a saint as uh, someone who is canonized. So 
in the narrowest sense of the term, a saint refers to somebody who is not only in heaven, but who has been investigated by the church. And we can say with confidence, yes, we know they're in heaven. But everything we're saying today about those saints would also apply to anybody else who's in heaven, even if they're not canonized. So while we primarily think about saints as those who have been canonized, really it it, it refers to anyone who is in heaven because our relationship with them um, doesn't change based on whether they're canonized or not. And we will have an episode in the series about the canonization process. Um, Like what's the difference between a blessed and a venerable and the different steps of that process. But before we get to that, one of the things uh, that comes up a lot, especially when I teach this in my classes, is do Catholics worship saints? You know, uh, we share a lot of our theology with our Protestant brothers and sisters, but this is one area where there's a little bit of difference, uh, the way we talk about saints. And sometimes, um, at least looking in from the outside, it can look kind of strange. <laughs> you know, we have statues of them and uh, if, if you were just kind of peeking in the windows of a church, you'd see somebody go up and kneel in front of the statue of somebody who's not God and light a candle and say a prayer to them. From the outside, it looks a whole lot like worshiping. Um, and then you you talk to a Catholic and you hear they talk about praying to the saints and you think, what the heck is going on here? Well, the good news, we are not worshiping the saints. Um, worship is due to God alone. So, that right off the bat, that's the most important point here. We do not worship the saints. Rather, we would use the word venerate. And you might say, well, you know what? I looked up both of those words in the dictionary, worship and venerate, and they kind of sound the same. So can you help me out a little bit here? Um, that is because English is a stupid, imprecise, imprecise language. Um, what about Latin? Let's, let's do some Latin. So in Latin, uh, we, we would differentiate between two different words. Latria refers to the adoration that is due to God alone. Dulia uh, is the word that refers to what we would say venerate, the, the kind of respect, admiration, um, yeah, respect and admiration that we have for the saints. So when we talk about venerating the saints, we would use the word dulia. We respect them, we admire them. We would never use the word latria because latria is the worship, the the adoration that is owed to God and God alone. When the first commandment says, you shall not have other gods, it's talking about latria. So when we talk about the saints, we respect them, we admire them, we want to be like them, we want them to pray for us, but we do not worship them because they are not God. They are very close to God, much, much closer than I am right now but they're still not God, so we are not going to worship them. Okay? Cool. But we are comfortable saying that we pray to the saints. And again, looking in from the outside, that might not seem very different. We have to think about what does the word prayer mean? And in the original sense, to pray to somebody um, just means to ask something of them. Think about, you know, like uh, when you go to the Renaissance Festival or you watch a medieval movie, and somebody asks something of somebody else, they say, I pray thee, right? That's really originally what the word just means, is to ask something of somebody. And so if I ask you, the listener, to pray for me, um, 
it would be perhaps equally accurate, if not um, as understandable in the modern day, for me to say that I'm praying to you. I'm, I'm asking you to do something, namely, pray for me. So when we say we pray to the saints, all that means is that we are asking something of the saints in heaven. What is it that we are asking of them? Well, we're asking them to pray for us. We know that they are close to God. We know that they enjoyed the beatific vision. And so we are asking them to intercede for us the same way we do for people on earth. You know, if I ask you to pray for me, I'm asking you to intercede for me. I'm asking you to go to God on my behalf, not because I don't think I can go there on my own, but because I know that you may be closer to God than I am. And so he might listen more to you than to me. And so I'm going to ask you to pray for me, to intercede for me, just like I might ask the saints in heaven. So that's all that means when we talk about praying to the saints. Well, then the question becomes, does that really work? Like, can the saints hear us? Can the saints see us? Of course they can. So when uh, we talk about the saints in heaven, they enjoy the beatific vision, meaning they see God face to face. We don't do that here. But they can see God. And so that means they see all of creation through God's eyes, past, present, and future, at least what we would call past, present, and future. And so that means that the saints looking through God's eyes can see us. They're, they're watching over us right now. Um, in the letter to the Hebrews, we read that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. That's the beginning of chapter 12. That follows immediately after um, kind of a survey of salvation history where the author of Hebrews goes through all these different patriarchs and important figures from the Old Testament and then he, he ends with that, with we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And of course, witnesses can see. They're, they're watching, they're observing. Um, and we know that they do that if we were to explain how they do that through the beatific vision. So if you know that this particularly holy person um, can interact, they can see you, they can hear you, and you know that they're much closer to God than we ever could be in this world, why wouldn't you ask them to pray for you, right? Um, it would be silly not to. If you know that they're, they're so close to God and, and you know that they can hear you when you ask you to pray for them, of course, we should ask them to pray for us. And that's what they do, right? They, they glorify God, they adore God, and they do that um, the more they bring us to God, the more glory they are bringing to God. And so they love us with God's love, united to his love. They want us to be where they are. And so, of course, they want to intercede for us. They want to pray for us. And so we should not feel hesitant to ask them to do just that. All right. So where did this come from, right? Uh, you may not be surprised to learn that the way we venerate the saints, um, this practice of, of devotion to the saints, has evolved a little bit over the last 2,000 years. But even if we go back to the first couple centuries of Christianity, we're going to find something like this. The first people we would call saints who were venerated were the martyrs. 
those who gave their lives witnessing to the faith. From the beginning, the church recognized that that was such an incredible act of, I mean, the word martyr just means witness. That was such an incredible act of witnessing to the gospel, even to, to lay down one's life for the sake of the gospel. From the start, the church always admired the martyrs. The church always wanted to imitate the bravery of the martyrs. The church always knew that those martyrs must be especially close to God because they imitated Christ to such a high degree that they even imitated him in his death. And so the church always looked to the martyrs as these incredible examples, these incredible intercessors. You also had people who were called confessors. They were people who uh, had probably suffered for the faith. Some of them had been tortured, but then they, they weren't martyred. They died a natural death. But the church would still look at them and say, well, they didn't, they didn't die a literal martyrdom, but they were still such incredible witnesses. They witnessed to the faith, maybe by being tortured for the faith or persecuted for the faith. And so you saw devotion to the confessors grow as well. Um, and over time, that's, that's kind of um, expanded to what we see today that, okay, yes, we, we of course venerate martyrs even today, um, both old and new martyrs, but we also recognize that there are others who were these incredible witnesses to the faith who lived a life of heroic virtue that we should imitate and that we should uh, ask to intercede for us. And that's what the process looks like today. When we talk about the canonization process, that's one of the, the key criteria that you're going to hear over and over again is heroic virtue. So why should we venerate the saints? If, if there's a biblical basis for it, if it has uh, a good foundation in the practice of the early church, if logically it makes sense why we should ask them to intercede for us, maybe um, you still might be asking, well, what? what do I get out of this, right? Like, why should I be asking them to pray for me? I would say that there are two main relationships that we have with the saints. The first one we've already talked about is that of intercession. The saints want to intercede for us. They want to ask God for things on our behalf. Um, we think back to the, the concept of the queen mother when David was with the line of the Davidic kings. The queen of the kingdom of Israel was the mother of the king. And so it was her job to go to her son, to the king, and to intercede for people. This is what we see Bathsheba doing with Solomon. And you may be putting things together like, oh, the mother of the king. That is part of our devotion to the Blessed Virgin, of course. So we can ask the saints to intercede for us. They also are role models. We should also look to, to um, imitate the saints, to be like them, because we all want to be like Christ, right? That's, that's the goal. We want to be saints. We want to be transformed into the likeness of God. And we do that by imitating Christ. But here's the thing. Um, Jesus in the incarnation entered into a very particular part of humanity, right? He lived in a particular place and time and culture. He lived a very particular life. How am I supposed to imitate that 2,000 years later? You know, Jesus was celibate, I'm married. Uh, Jesus lived in first century Palestine, I live in 21st century America. How the heck am I supposed to be like him? Uh, am I supposed to dress like him, eat like him? What does that look like? 
Well, this is where the saints have so much value for us is they show us in an exemplary way what it means to imitate Christ in every time and place. You know, you have, when you look at the saints, there's such incredible variety. You have uh, saints who were old, who are young, who were faithful for their entire lives, and some who maybe had a conversion later in life. There were married saints, there were unmarried saints, priests, monks, nuns. Every state of life, every situation, every career you can imagine, there was a saint who has shown the way, who said, here's how you can imitate Christ. You know, we look at St. Thomas More. Hey, you're a lawyer. You can be a lawyer and a saint. Um, St. Luke, a doctor. You can be a physician and a saint at the same time. So many different teacher saints. So we can look at the saints and say, and see in them more specific examples of how should I be holy in this time and place. The saints are going to lead the way for that. So one of the other concerns people sometimes have um, with devotion to the saints, and this especially comes up when we talk about devotion to Our Lady, they'll say, well, doesn't that kind of take away from Jesus, right? Like, I don't need the saints, I only need Jesus. Here's the thing with that. Devotion, faith, is not a zero-sum game. What I mean by that, if I spend, it's not like there's a, a clock up in heaven that's running and you know, Jesus is looking at the clock and says, well, he just spent 10 minutes praying to a saint, so he better spend at least 11 minutes praying directly to me. No, it's, there's no competition here. Um, the time I spend, uh, or the devotion I have to the saints, in no way takes away from the devotion that I have to Jesus. And in fact, when we look at the saints, what is the one message that they're saying more than anything else? They're saying, here's how to be like Jesus. The saints don't lead us away from Christ. They don't put any focus on themselves. They always are going to lead us deeper into a relationship with Christ by their example and by their intercession. And so it's like, um, we can think of the saints as like road signs. In and of themselves, they're not the focus. Like I don't... Um, I don't look at the sign and, and just stop there and be like, wow, what a, what a nicely made sign. This is awesome. It's got some metal. It's got some paint. No, the point of the sign is for, for us to pay, I don't want to say pay little attention to it, um, because if we ignore the sign, we get lost. But the point of the sign is to direct us beyond itself. The point of the sign is not to keep the focus on itself, but to lead us to something else, to lead us to our destination. So, the saints are there to lead us to Christ. They want us to be like him because they know how awesome it is to be united with God in heaven. They want that for us too. So the saints are never going to take away from our devotion to the Lord. If anything, they're just going to, to lead us deeper and deeper into that relationship. And so finally, how do you do it? <laughs> you know, what does devotion to the saints look like? Um, Maybe you've, you have had a strong devotion to the saints, maybe not. Where do you start? Well, it's hard to imitate somebody that you don't know. And likewise, it's hard to ask for the intercession of somebody you don't know. So step one would have to be, you got to learn about the saints, you know, and there are a few ways to do this. You could get, um, there are so many different wonderfully made collections of the lives of the saints. 
there are some that are specifically designed as a saint a day, right? Um, but that would be step one, learn about the saints. And we can not only learn about the saints in general, um, but we can also look for specific patron saints. So we'll talk about patron saints again in another episode, but briefly, they're saints who are known to intercede for specific for specific causes or specific professions, usually something related to their own life. So it makes sense, right? If we said St. Thomas More is a lawyer, that um, lawyers would have a special devotion to him. So if you're looking for a place to start learning about the saints, look up different patrons. Um, whatever, if you have a profession, there's probably a patron saint of it. If you're a student, there are several different patron saints. Whatever it is, whatever your interests are, whatever your background is, there's probably a patron saint for it. And that's a great place to start. And as part of that, we can even ask, you know, as, as part of our prayer, we can ask the saints to choose us rather than us choosing saints. This is advice I always give to students who are preparing for confirmation, right? It's not just you picking your confirmation saint. Uh, ask your confirmation saint to pick you. And I, I've seen some pretty incredible results happen when, when they take that advice seriously. So how do you begin devotion to the saints? Learn about the saints. Learn especially about patron saints that may be relevant to you. And here's one that'll make, uh, make step one even easier. Celebrate feast days. There are so many saints that we celebrate throughout the year. Not all canonized saints have a feast day that is celebrated by the Universal Church. But that's a good place, again, to start is uh, if we look at who the saint of the day is. Who, do, who does the church celebrate today? Use that as a starting point to learn their life story. If um, you're in one of my classes, you know that I like to start class that way. When there's a saint on the universal calendar or the general calendar, I like to start with a, a brief biography uh, before we ask them to pray for us. So start with feast days. And uh, if you want to go the extra mile, many feast days, some feast days, will have some sort of either devotional practice or more commonly food associated with it. Um, I'm thinking immediately of the, the bread slash cake that is made for St. Michael's feast day. Um, oh, what's it called? St. Michael's bannock, I think. Dr. Merrick, correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Um, but so there, there are foods associated with different saints feast days. Maybe that's a good place to start right? We're uh, an incarnational religion. We're an embodied people. So we can incorporate our bodies into our prayer to the saints by making foods associated with them. Anyway, all that to say, sum it all up, the saints are there to help us, to lead us, to intercede for us, just like the church on earth. The difference being these guys are already in heaven, they're right there. They're united with the Trinity. So learn about the saints. Try to imitate the saints. Ask them to intercede for us. And I hope that you will intercede for me as well. Keep praying for me. I'll keep praying for you. You have listened to another episode of Bonus Points. My name is still Mr. Astle, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>